Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, after finishing up at the Bastion, the Heralds have returned to Waterdeep. They're there to catch up on a few things before finally deciding how to confront Thunderbrack, the blue dragon that has plagued them for months. And now we return to our adventure, already in progress. You all follow Warland Silden to the uh, a place on... I almost said a place on the map because I'm looking at the map, but it's not. <laughs> you, you can't see it's... the map. It's a place on the map you haven't been to. Uh, it's a place of the complex that you have not been to. You stopped at basically this part where it was curving around to go into the center section where the acid pit was. You continue forward down this hallway that's wrapping around and most of you recognize that if this hallway continued it would almost run circular you would almost be back where you started except it ends in a room that seems to be a study it's got a bookshelf on one side and a couple places to sit and it seems to be kind of a quiet study room this is one of the few places that's got some wall hangings uh, a few nice tapestries not even all of them are are religious in nature as you would expect of a temple like this some of them are just nice pastoral scenes and there's a, a vase full of obviously fake flowers. It's a kind of a cozy little room with its own fireplace that has one of the magic rock fireplaces on it. She enters the room. She goes to the bookshelf. She pulls off a book. And all of you expect the cliche thing of the bookshelf to move and there to be a secret entrance. That doesn't happen. She just pulls off a book and opens it up. And We all are visibly disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, you all are like, (gasps) oh, oh. She opens the book and she opens the book and only like flips a couple of pages. Wherever she opens the book to, it's obvious she's done this so many times that she could practically crack the spine to the exact page she wants. Jonathan, you notice, "Eh, yeah, this book is magical. She opens the book and then she walks over to the opposite side of where the the set of bookshelves are she pulls aside this pastoral scene that is incredibly well done it's all it doesn't seem to be any place in specific it's just a gorgeous sunny field of flowers and trees she pulls aside the tapestry and once again you expect passageway no nothing behind the tapestry but she pulls it aside and she takes the book and holds it in her hand page up and then a little more elegantly than you would expect, pushes the book against the wall, pages touching the stone, and then holds it there. For a good four or five seconds, nothing happens. And then eventually you watch the book begin to glow with this faint blue light. And then concentric circles appear on the stone around the book. Foomp, 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 foomp. And then... As though 
a passage has been created, it appears, a perfectly circular hole in the wall. You are going to have to do a little bit of crawling. It's it's about a foot and a half up off the, the floor, but she pulls the book away from this hole that's been created that leads down into an incredibly dark passage, closes the book, puts it back in the bookshelf and says, if you could please go on through, I'll make sure that this closes on the other side of us and indicates the passage. Okay, Travis Cormosi's on through. Jonathan the Magimuscular goes into weird magical portal. It's not yeah. a portal, it is literally just a, just a hole, hole in the wall. The wall. Yeah. yeah, but it just happens to be perfectly circular and about a foot off the ground. So it's it's like one of those awkward, like, up and over. Is she coming with us? She is. She's just indicated she wants you to go first and she's going to... She says, close the door behind us, but she does say us. Okay. Bernice is going to scramble up because a foot and a half is like half her height. Yeah. Well, and Coco's Newt helps a little bit. Like, the the two of you kind of help each other, but yeah. And Carlton? Yep, I'm going on in. And Shadow and the whole animal menagerie. As soon as all of you are through, uh, Silden climbs on through herself. Once again, it's a... It's a mixture of elegance and inelegance. She is in heavy plate armor with a sword strapped to her side, vaulting over what is essentially a one foot high stone wall. But you can tell she's done it so many times that even though the innate actions are inelegant, she does it with such a surety that it's almost gorgeous to watch. She just kind of vaults over. As she reaches the other side, you hear her utter a word under her breath. Jonathan, you recognize it as a, a key word, a key phrase, and behind her, the hole that has opened closes. It The concentric circles reappear, and then the stone just fills in the gap, and it is if there was nothing there to begin with. It was just a stone wall. She then reaches into her pack that she has with her and pulls out a small lantern and lights it. And you can see a rough hewn passageway. And she says, it's going to take about an hour to travel, but it should be safe. All right. Great. We can play I Spy again. And uh, unless there's anything else you want to do over the next hour, she will lead you down a very boring stone passageway more rough rock than uh the passageway you you came down here was all perfectly carved and featureless this is a little more uneven this this has a little more rough rock and seems to be a little bit more less cared for but you will not encounter anything along the way who wins uh, i spy Let's roll for it. <laughs> yes. All right. I just, uh, want D2, I just want straight D20. No modifiers. Uh, no nothing. Because it's I spy. So give me Oh, no. Straight. Not me. <laughs> nope. Not me either. Not oh me. My, oh, jeez. Wow. Wow. What the fuck? I guess it was me after all. We're all terrible. Wow. I rolled a five. I think <laughs> really I'm the winner. Wait. Five. Wait. A Wait, four, you didn't roll for Shadow. Th- no, oh, it's only the four of you. I only want okay. the four of you. It's the fo- I was going to say Shadow would be the winner, wouldn't he? So yeah. usually when it, when it counts, I can't get anything less than a 12 from any of you. And I can only roll in single digits. When it's I Spy, we have a five, a four, a three, and a two. What the hell? <laughs> I think that's fitting. I think that means Travancore wins because you still have the high roll. Huzzah! Brittany goes, I Spy with my little eyes something... Green! Dignity! 
<laughs> no, it was it was Carlton. Oh. He was one of my second guess. I'm going to say with these incredibly low rolls, what happens is it's not that Travancore is better at guessing. It's that all of you are really bad at coming with up with something else other than rock. Rock. <laughs> and so it's it's just, I spy with my little eye. Something. Oh, let me guess. Rock. <laughs> yes, Travancore. All right, you go next. It's a lot of that. I want to roll. Eventually, you come to a dead end, and you all turn to Warlin expectantly, because it would make sense for there to be a secret passage or something, except she just smiles and says, all right, are you sure that Waterdeep is where you would like to go? Yes, that's that's where we're going. Excellent. I'm assuming that you've teleported before. Yeah. It happens to be in my repertoire, although I'm not great at it yet, but I'm getting there. Jonathan the Mad Muscular will master it. That's okay. I was going to say, Travancore crosses the thinkers in hopes that, that like, Waterdeep is not on fire again. Warlin Selden looks at you, Jonathan, and says, So we are outside of the wards for the protections, and I can take care of the teleport. However, I will be teleporting you directly to the the temple of tempest in Waterdeep. if you are familiar with teleportation and would like to go somewhere else that is fine i can tell that you are all warded from scrying as am i and so i will leave the decision up to you but if you would like me to teleport you to the temple of tempest i can get you there that's that's fine because we have to deliver that letter anyway let's go there first since we have Right. We have an errand anyway. It's it's fine. Excellent. She clasps her hands and bows to all of you and says, thank you for your visit. I trust it was pleasant. Please remember to forget it. And then begins the incantations and casts teleportation. And you all vanish. And in the telebottom, I say to Jonathan, and we didn't have to use your slots. <laughs> What's the slot? <laughs> you have to use your arcane magic, your arcane energy, so you can stay buff and swole. Damn straight. Yes, the buff and swole. You reappear in a familiar location from quite a while ago. The secret passage under the Temple to Tempest in Waterdeep. The there's that platform that rises out of the water that has the teleportation circle, uh, you actually peer, that's not there, where you peer is off of that on the stone platform next to it. And there is already, standing at the, the spiraling staircase leading up, you see uh, the familiar form of Lyra Mesa, the battle guard of Tempest. She looks like she might have just been finishing walking down the stairs, like she had just been informed that you would be arriving. And she arrives and says, I just realized I've forgotten what her voice sounds like, so this is probably going to sound like not what she sounded like. Oh, good. I'm assuming everything went well. Yeah, eventually. I forget where I was. She gives Carlton a very grateful nod and says, Excellent. 
Let me lead you upstairs. I just got the message moments Also, ago. we got this note from you, but I don't remember where I picked it up or who I got it from. It's just addressed to you. Actually, I think Bernie, Bernie has it. Has it. <laughs> oh, Bernie. Yeah. I'll let you say that. And, she- and then I say, wink, wink. <laughs> you say, wink, wink. She nods and looks over at Bernie and says... Oh, Bernie uh, pulls it out of her pocket and hands it to her. He's he'll be fine. It's he's good at this. I promise. I I appreciate that you're trying. That's the important part. She takes the note and without ceremony breaks the seal and unwraps it. And uh, it seems to just be a letter. Do any of you try to look at it or are you letting her read it? I'll let her read it. Yeah, I'll let her read it. Okay. Uh, she scans it. You can tell all your passives pick up just from her looking at it. It must be a very quick note. It must be something. Uh, it's not like a full on big letter. And she just nods and folds it back up, stashes it in a pocket and says, all right, excellent. Let me lead you upstairs. Uh, I guess all I should ask, as long as we're here, did you have any last questions? Did you have any issues? Was there any anything that you need? People usually come out of that place with questions. Out of what place? You know what? I'm going to take that as a good sign. <laughs> if you do, come see me. If you, I would appreciate it if you didn't for reasons that are sure, should be obvious. But, yeah. Some places are only in our lives for a certain time. And then once they're gone, <laughs> they're gone forever. <laughs> this is a truth from Tempest himself. Thank you. She leads you back to the spiral staircase, opens up the the secret passage leading back into her office. And uh, unless you have any other business with her, you're back in Waterdeep. What would you like to do? On the way back up, Bernie says, you know, you guys aren't much in the way of decoration, but you really have secret passages, like, figured out. I appreciate that. We try our best. It's... It's something we learned a while ago that sometimes hiding things means not giving you a lot of places to look. And sometimes the plainest things that look the most boring, that's where you hide them. And you have an abundance of those. I respect that. Thank you. She seems genuinely pleased by this. <laughs> Sorry. I know, I know Bernie might take that as a slightly underhanded compliment, but she takes that for face value and seems genuinely happy that, that you would be so complimentary. All right, you are back in Waterdeep. It is still freezing cold. You haven't been gone that long. It is still the dead of winter. It is still, let me think about geography. No, the time wouldn't have changed really that much from where you were. So it is still mid-morning-ish. It is... Pretty early. What would you like to do? It is, I will say, for those of you who care, today is... Is it still Uktar? It is Alterek. It is Alterek the 27th. It hasn't Ooh. been Uktar in a while. Yeah, you had Look, that... You had I that learned jaunt. one month. Yeah, well, you were in Uktar for a while, and then you had a, a, a jaunt to the Feywild, and you skipped a couple months. Yeah, it is Alterek the 27th. It is getting close to the end of the month. You are still in the claw of winter. It is, I will say, noticeably not as cold as it was in any of the places up north. Like, it's, and Neverwinter was still way colder than this. Hmm. Well, jo- uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to go check in with work, as it were. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to come to the, uh, the Watchful Order, uh, to the Amethyst Acropolis, then you're, you're more than welcome. But 
Yeah. Uh, do, am I allowed to use the non-spell library there? Being an associate of yours? Like, just the actual library library, Jonathan? There's not a non-spell library. Jonathan knows this. Yeah. There, so the, the library is just spell stuff. The library is just the spell library. All right, then maybe I'll go with you to try to find a regular library. Because I want to do some research. Sure. I, I'm sure Razo can point you in the right direction. Yeah. Cool. All right. Travancore? Travancore is going to walk the streets of Waterdeep for a while just to process what's happened to him and all the, everything it means. Like uh, Before we break, even though we can communicate each other telepathically, if we are breaking up here, uh, dinner at the uh, the Golden Griddle? <laughs> yes, dinner at the Golden Griddle. I know it's the Golden Rock Tavern, but it's... I know, you, you know it's what? good thing that I, I love I you, Jonathan. I have not been to the Golden Griddle in almost a decade. I miss it. Same. Gosh, let's go back. Yeah. I don't know you if know, I've ever there been. There are really good places to eat in Canada. There's a great diner up here you guys can come to. <laughs> I am super fortunate that all of the places around me that I love... are have been able to do takeout during the uh during the pandemic there is literally a mexican place that is a walk from here that is awesome so i've never been to a golden griddle <sighs> all right travancore is going to walk the streets of Waterdeep. are uh, bernie are you going to the watchful order no i think bernie is gonna do a little bit of shopping shopping montage she's, she's gonna buy some tea and and uh she's She's going to, her intent is to buy a few things easily transportable that keep, that are a little nicer than what they have. And she's going to go back to the Temple of Tempest. And she's also going to get like a baked good to share with Lyra as like a excuse. And she's going to be like, you should send them some tea. I'll see what happens. We'll we'll do a little bit of time skip to make this happen. So, uh, Travancore, and we'll. I'm, I have a question or two for you in a moment, but you are, okay. you're going to go wander the streets of Waterdeep. Jonathan and Carlton go to the Watchful Order. Bernie, you go and acquire. I'm going to say, uh, unless there's something you think that's odd, any baked goods and any tea and all that easily. She's going to try to get dried fruit too. <laughs> easily, especially in the middle of Waterdeep in the middle of winter. Anything you want, especially those kind of preserves very easily you head back to the temple of tempest lyra is very quick to chat with you and once you are alone and kind of explain what you want to do she gives you a grateful nod and says i can't promise this is going to get there immediately we're very cautious about the trips that we take there and as you know and she looks to the right to where the secret passages that leads down to that teleportation circle and you do remember that circle doesn't actually lead to the temple it leads to mirabar and then you have to go do the blah 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 she gives it that look and then looks back at you and says as you know there's no direct way to get there but i think they would really appreciate this i will i will make room in the next the next trip that goes to make sure that they they get all of this the last thing Bernie pulls out is a jar of honey, and she says, You know, honey essentially has so much sugar that it really never goes bad. <laughs> it just sort of crystallizes, and you got to kind of heat it up, and then it becomes kind of liquidy again. So do, have, do they have a cookbook? Do you think I should have bought a cookbook? 
they have a couple cookbooks. They also have a couple of spellcasters who know how to do uh, prestidigitation, which helps a lot with the flavor of things. She takes the honey from you, though, and gives a very large smile because I am assuming as a a disciple of Queen Bay that you have access to some premium premium honey we only buy the good shit this is like royal jelly level (laughs) and that's what she 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 literally says they have honey this is amazing and so what you've offered is kind of like the treat upgrade um but yeah she will definitely make sure that care package gets there the next time and while she can't promise it will get there anytime soon she does promise it will get there uh and bernie says i really do appreciate this I'm not sure what other kind of people you have that have need to uh, go up to Mirabar. But ours was pretty bad. Usually it is. I will say, without going into details, what you have done is not done very often. In fact, I will say it's been the first one in a very, very long time. So... I'm gonna decide that's a good thing. I'm going to decide it's a good thing as well. There are very few things in this world that I think need to be removed from it entirely. So the less that we have to do our job, the better. Thank you, Lyra. Thank you, Bernie. One day I'll send you a quilt. And Bernie just like... She gives you she gives you kind of a quizzical look like she wasn't expecting that. Travancore, I will, yo, yo. I will ask, is there anywhere in specific you want to go? And if not, or if so, tell tell me a little bit about any thoughts you'd like to share. I think Travancore is going to just walk the streets of, uh, of Waterdeep and actually observe for the first time in forever. Sorry, Kristen Bell. He uh, has He's able to just actually do his mission to observe and to learn about things without any kind of baggage or any kind of free. He's actually free to, to sort of people watch in a way that he's never been in his entire life. And I think during this time, he's actually going to sidle up to Shadow and actually ask him, Shadow, you've been a brother and a friend, and you have seen and done more than any Black Bear I can imagine has ever done. You have a place at my side for the rest of your life if you want it. But if you need a rest, and if you need to retire, and if you need, if you've seen enough and you've fought too much and you've hurt enough, you are always free. And I will make arrangements to make sure you are taken care of. Would you like me to respond to Shadow, or do you want to respond? You can respond. You are my family, and I can think of nowhere else I'd rather be than with my family. Travancore sort of messes with Shadow's fur a little bit, and like on both sides of his head, and says, I was hoping you'd say that selfishly. Good. Now, can we go get some treats? Because I've been a very good bear, and we've done a lot of teleportation, and that always makes me hungry. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm a bear of fire, and fire, when it teleports, apparently gets hungry. So can we now have food? And despite the fact that Chatter has eaten quite a bit of muslix before you left, he is already eyeing some of the, the shops that you've gone by that have food. Oh, Travancore... In his view, Shadow gets whatever he wants. Shadow saved his life. Shadow killed the Yugoloth with help, of course, but he's going to pamper Shadow. And if he has an opportunity to take him to like a pet version of a spa or something, he might end up doing that. Whatever Shadow wants. Today's Shadow's day. Shadow wants 
all of the food that smells good. And so I will say uh, you end up people watching actually in kind of the best place, which is amongst some of the food stalls that are in Waterdeep. You kind of go from place to place and whatever he smells that he thinks tastes and smells good, you get for him. And food courts and restaurants and food stalls are some of the best places to people watch because everybody's got to eat. So you... Oh. And Travancore, having come back from the dead, it has an appetite too. If his eight pack becomes a six pack, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only so much either you or Shadow can eat in a single day, but I will say, uh, yeah, for this afternoon, the delights of Waterdeep are yours. I'm going to find out what the other two are doing, and then I want to know what you and your and Shadow's favorite food is for the day. You think about that for a moment. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on August 2nd at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. L-I-N-N-O-L-E-A-A-L-P-S so use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Jonathan and Carlton and Bucks, you all end up at the Amethyst Acropolis and come walking on inside to the familiar form of Razo Reberhopper, who says, Jonathan, Carlton, hi, how you doing? It's been so long. Hey, Rezzo. We, hey, Rezzo. We've been around. I have such good news for you. You were supposed to be around earlier, but uh, it got left with me. So sorry about no pomp and circumstance about this. And Rezzo reaches into his desk and opens up a drawer and pulls out a little bound scroll and hands it over to you. And you can see he is incredibly excited to give this to you. Jonathan the Medimuscular, like, shoots up an eyebrow. And without missing a beat, just kind of like opens up the scroll, opens it. Jonathan, the scroll is elaborately written in gorgeous script in a formal way that only an officiant could make. But with your keen mind, you scan it over and you see that uh, due to your exceptional deeds and exceptional trustworthiness to the city of Waterdeep and to the fellow wizards at the Watchful Order of the Magists and Protectors, you've now been granted level two privileges to the order. You've been promoted. I give Jonathan a big old pat on the back. Like, yeah, good job, bud. And so... To to reiterate what you get, <laughs> yeah, as a, you hit me so hard it makes my mage armor shimmer. <laughs> <laughs> to reiterate what you get, so as a level one, you can study, memorize, or add a spell. Uh, add to a spell book one new spell per ten day, as long as you provide the required fees and components. You have access to all standard material components with ability to purchase at cost more rare components. Limited access to the alchemy laboratory and one free basic potion per month. With the ability to pay for higher level potions at cost, basic room and board at the Amethyst Acropolis. So you've had that all already. Level two, 
gets you access to 10 hours per 10 day to a laboratory for personal research, access to the special collections of the silent library. And you do know the special collections of the silent library includes some of the stuff that say that book filled with necrotic magic would include. And while no one wants you to have any of those spells in your spell book for research purposes, that can be very useful. Also, you might have a mission right now that you want to go on that the special collections would include, which is uh, some of those tuning forks that you wanted. Jonathan the Magimuscular, he kind of like, he's read this, his eyes go wide. Uh, Carlton, I gotta go. I'm gonna go. I'll see you back at the Golden Rock. What's the first thing you're going to do? We don't have many people who advance much past level two. Nonetheless, you know, anything higher than that. And you've been with us for so little time and already advantaged, uh, already advanced so much. And I, I didn't want to spoil anything because I thought it would be good. And they wanted to be able to give this to you. And Aras wanted to give this to you. But then you weren't around because you were doing something special. We don't know exactly what you were doing, but that's okay. Because we were told that you were doing something awesome. And then, then this came and I'm so happy. Yeah, Um. actually... Yeah, I, I'm going to want to talk to Aras first, I, if he's here. Uh, I don't know, but you know where to find him. And he yes. kind of points. So, uh, Carlton, I'm going to go. Uh, Razo, Carlton has some questions for you about a library situation. But Jonathan the Master Milsko is going to go. See ya. And yeah, he's going to run over to the teleporter and zoink, teleport away. All right, Carlton. What would you like to ask Rizzo? He grins at you and says, library, can I help you with something? Yes, I know I'm not allowed to use the same library as Jonathan, but I was looking to do some research and I figured you were a very intelligent man and Ooh. you would be able to help me out with that. I can do my best. I, I don't know a lot, but I think what I know is where to find a lot of information. So let me let me see if I can help. Yeah, so I want to try to find out as much information as I can on blue dragons, and specifically if I could find a named blue dragon, like if it's ever turned up in history or lore. Roll a... Actually, before you roll, Razo gives you a, a curious look and says, Really? What would... Is there anything in specific that you're looking for? Just information about them. We encountered one... Back when we, before we came to Waterdeep, back in Greenest. And I always feel like it's just always right around the corner, watching, waiting. You know that, like, that little tickle you get on the back of your neck. So, in order to better prepare myself, I want to know a little bit more about what I might be encountering. Like, yes, I know they have lightning breath and claws and they bite and eat chickens. So you're looking maybe for specific information about a named dragon yes the one that we encountered was named thontorvac roll a persuasion check hopefully there's not another dragon in the world named thontor thontorvac that we've been asking about instead of thontorvac oh. yeah it's thontorvac but i'm assuming yeah i yeah. know i know but yeah well uh <laughs> the dice didn't agree with me oh no oh, why why do you fail so miserably persuading razo to, to help you I just had that, like, as I was trying to talk to him about it, I hear the little birdie voice in the back of my head, and I'm, like, getting self-doubt, 
And I'm like, well, I'm not using it to try to kill him. I just want to know what we're getting up against, like, what his natures are. And then, like, I'm, like, having an internal conflict with myself about it. So. And Razo seems to pick this up. And so he says, well, I'm not sure if there's much that I can do to help. It sounds like you already know a lot about blue dragons. and uh, uh, Knowing the name definitely helps, but there's certainly so many dragons in, in, in the world. So... I'm not sure if there's anything I can I can really help. You can uh, ask Jonathan. Maybe maybe he can go take a look later in the library to see if there's anything about that specific one. But that's not a name that I recognize. More. I didn't know if there was like a general library where I could do research on like their uh, like where they hail from and what kind of you know red dragons love gold. You know what do, what do blue dragons want other than you know gold. Uh, not that I know of, unfortunately, any. So that's what I was looking for was like a book on dragons, like the D- Dragon Book 101. Well, I I don't know if there's anything 101 that you would be able to find that Travancore couldn't tell you. Isn't he like an expert on dragons? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raz, what would I do without you? You would probably go to a library and look up a lot of information that your friend already knows. Well, then I would just be increasing my own my own mental brain and that's always a positive it's not it's i'm not saying that it's not a positive i'm saying that sometimes it's good to rely on your friends also without me your hair wouldn't look nearly as awesome as as we've had a spa day oh that that was definitely a one it's a cherished memory of mine we will have to do that again except next time when i'm a little more prepared of course all right uh and then I'll, i'll say my goodbyes and then as i'm leaving i'm like hey jonathan i'll tell bond jonathan Jonathan, when he is in the Amethyst Acropolis, cannot be contacted. Oh. You know this. It's the same oh. kind of wards that the protection Telbonded yeah. before. He'll still no. have the Telbon when he leaves. I, is this the first time this has happened? I guess so, yeah. I just assumed, like, we were always together. Also, the Telbon would probably drop by that time because it would be more than an hour. Mm. Maybe. I mean, it depends on how long you stay there. But this, I, I'm trying to think... I thought this was the first time where you've tried to contact him by Telbond and where he's been the only one in the tower. Because every other time... Well, you know what? I'm saying it now. Uh, you would know Jonathan cannot be contacted while he's in the tower at, because it is warded in not as severe of a way as where you just were at the Bastion. But because of the the security around the teleportation, that itself is not warded. Where you are... Carlton is not warded, and so you're fine, but uh, Jonathan cannot currently be reached. Gotcha. So if I'm in the Acropolis, but in the lobby, I cannot reach him once he goes past the lobby. Yeah, once he goes into the actual tower itself, because of the the protections placed the on it, because it's that's where all of the teleportation circles are, and so they are very guarded about that, and so it, it blocks that kind of communication as well. I go to Telbon, I'm like, oh, right. And then... Uh, I'll tell Bond uh, Travancore, and I'm gonna be like, "Hey, let's uh, let's have a chat about blue dragons at some point. I want you to uh, to school me a little bit." You got it, bud. All right, and finally, Jonathan, you head inside the Watchful Order of Magists and Protectors, the Amethyst Acropolis itself, and you go to talk to Aras. You find him in his office, as you would expect. He's got a pile of paperwork and seems annoyed. Because he's got a pile of paperwork, but he does look up from his desk and says, Hello, 
Jonathan, uh, congratulations on your promotion. Thank you, Master Zick. You know, if this paperwork is giving you uh, giving you some problems, uh, uh, as a as an evoker, I could uh, I could do some some evocations to relieve some of this paperwork. He nods at you and and chuckles a little bit and says, "I I appreciate the thought, but no, it is sadly one of the." The duties that you take on when you take on the responsibilities that I have. It is not difficult. It's just tedious. What can I help you with? Oh, I just wanted to check in. So me and my party, we had a mission that we were just on uh, that I had a lot of different uh, different facets to it. Uh, I have now been inside a magnificent mansion. Uh, one of my professors up in uh, Neverwinter had, had one. And those are neat. Uh, that's... <laughs> Magic that doesn't blow stuff up? Who knew? And he cocks his head at you, uh, Aras Zik, who specializes in magic that is all about teleportation and communication. And the the grin at your joke turns wry as his head, his bird-like head cocks a little bit. And he says, yes, if you can't blow it up, what use is it? I'm I'm sorry, Master Zick. I know I'm a blunt instrument, and and that's fine. That's what I am. We did kill an ultraloth, so that's uh that's something we've done. That is not necessarily something you just drop in conversation without more context. <laughs> Unfortunately, Master Zick, I made a promise to not go into too many details. I will just say that there was a task that we had to complete. And this Ultraloth was in the way. That's fine. I would still recommend not dropping that into regular conversation unless you want a lot of questions. And that's why I'm... I mean, I I, I want to tell you because you are... Well, Master Zick, you're my friend. You're my mentor here. And uh, I'm going to be honest. Jonathan the Magimuscular is bragging on himself a little bit because he wants to impress you and uh i figured this is something that not a whole lot of people do and so that's kind of a feather in our caps at that turn of phrase the aracocra actually oh, chuckles shit. again <laughs> no no you say that and you oh actually my god get i didn't even realize oh. you don't realize it but as soon as it comes out of your mouth and he chuckles you realize but you you notice that he finds that amusing and he stands up from behind his desk and approaches you and he puts his his clawed hand on your shoulder and for the first time, you do notice that while he is an imposing creature just because of the wings and the feathers and the beak and the claws and the talons, he's not that large. Like, you're a little bit taller than he is. And he puts his claw on your shoulder and he says, you impressed me when you went out of your way to help both the city of Waterdeep and the kobolds. You say you're a blunt instrument, but I think you are more than that. And just because you are good at being a blunt instrument does not mean that that is all you are. But I am your friend and I am proud of you for destroying something of such power. But, but be cautious. I'm assuming you know that that only means that it has been returned to the Nine Hells or to the Abyss of where it came. 
We were pretty much just trying to prove a point. Well, if you've proved it hard enough, then most most of those creatures will avoid you, so... Yeah, believe me, I'm meeting up with everyone at the Golden Rock Tavern, and this is not a story that I'm going to tell uh, over a pint to someone I've just met. I'm pretty much telling you guys, uh, my professor, Jeffrey Chugust, and uh, Professor Hollywood oh, up at the uh, up at the school. Yeah, I'm... That's that's the circle. Like that's that that's who's that's who I'm bragging to. All trustworthy people, of course. Uh and good for those people to know. Uh, probably good for maybe Balana Zadok to know as well. Uh especially if it involves something as dangerous as that. She she may pry more and she he gives you a a knowing look as you've had some friction with Balana before. But she, he gives you a knowing look and says, if you feel she should know, be prepared for more questions if you feel that they cannot be answered. Some people know when not to pry and others feel like knowledge is power even if it puts you in danger. And I respect Balana quite a lot, but she will have questions. Fair enough. I, I may go talk to her. Uh, after I'm ready to go uh, for the day, uh, the other reason why I wanted to see you was I was actually, thanks to this promotion, and again, Jonathan the Magimuscular really appreciates this, uh, I was going to look into getting a material plane key for my plane shift spell. He straightens a little bit and says, oh, we're at that point already, are we? I figured you might be someone I'd want to talk to about this. Well, then it is good that you are level two, because we would need to access the special collections for this. You're right. And uh, I gotta say, if we're in town again, because uh, we, we may be leaving here soon once more, but I need to practice my teleportation. Uh, my last teleport spell went a little sideways, so it's definitely a skill I need to work on. How familiar were you with the location? I'd been there once. Once is good. Multiple times are better. Teleportation is a skill that requires consistency and knowledge. And the less you know, the less you know the outcome. But let's get you a key. I, I can definitely get you a tuning fork to the material plane. You will have to pay for the component... Do you have the 250 gold pieces? I believe I now do. And if you do, he will take you to the special collections where you can order a tuning fork, a forked metal rod worth 250 gold pieces that is attuned to the material plane. Because you are a member of the Amethyst Acropolis, they will charge you literally the cost of materials, but you do need to pay them 250 gold pieces. Jonathan the Magic Muscular finds he's a little short. How short are you? Because I will, I will bend the rules a little bit and say that seventy you got some... GP. If if someone else has the money, I will say that you because you would have known the the amount of money that this would have cost before you went in. So uh, I'll Carlton, tell you a secret Bernie has no clue how much money she has. Yeah, let me. I, 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 yeah, Carlton's got money. Carlton, would you have given Jonathan 70 gold pieces in the, just before he I left? I don't know. Does Jonathan come running out to the lobby? Wait, Carlton, hold up. Oh, hold on, oh, money. Oh, 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 Carlton. Um, <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, yeah, what's up? I 
hate to ask, but Jonathan the Magimuscular finds himself in a uh, shortfall in the, as we say in the Moonshade Isles, the Dinero Department. Uh-huh. <laughs> How much you need? 70. All right. I'll go into my, and I'll go 100. Thanks, bud. Gotta have some walking around cash. But when you go back in there, Razo said that there might be some books on named dragons. So maybe, you know, I just gave you 100 gold. Maybe you can do that for me. Sounds fair. <laughs> Sounds fair. Yeah, no, a, you paid for some research there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is on it. See if you can't find our buddy T in any books in okay, there. Okay. Yeah. There's, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Zick. Okay. Whew, That's here fine. We, here I we go. Understand. <laughs> All right. You're going to be meeting up at the Golden Rock Tavern for dinner to have a chance mm-hmm. to to chat. Bernie has done her stuff. Travancore has done her stuff. Carlton has basically done what he's going to do. I'll say that that conversation about dragons can happen at the Golden Rock Tavern. Jonathan is going to pick up a, a key to the material plane. Uh, would you like to describe what it looks like or would you like me to? I figure, because I know they're all tuning forks, but... I'm I'm not sure like what the material plane tuning fork would look like. Like the Avernus tuning fork would obviously like be in a minor note and like be made of the most evil metal you could think of. But I, I don't like it seems like the, the material plane key would be like tuned to C or something and just be kind of like silver or something. Something nice, but not descript. I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, if you leave it up to me, the material metal rod that you get for this plane of existence, its it seems very plain. When you pick it up, it is surprisingly heavy. It is very thin and delicate, but it seems to be made out of iron, you think? You're not sure. So it is it is thin and small. It is maybe only a couple of inches long. And when you pick it up, the, the weight is surprising on it. You can see very faintly across not the handle, but the two forks that come out of it, some script that isn't actual words. It seems to be uh, symbols of some sort, and you recognize them as the symbols that are used in teleportation circles when you are plane shifting, because I know that's something that you've been looking into as well. You don't strike the fork because you know better, because you know that that's, there's an effect there that is part of the teleportation for for plane shift, but you you kind of hold it up. You do that thing in where you hold up the end of the tuning fork to the outside of your ear and you strike it with your fingernail just so you could hear the note. And for the purposes of this, I'm going to say that, Jonathan, you do have perfect pitch and you know that it's A440. Was there anything else you wanted to do in the Amethyst Acropolis beyond the research about named dragons? I I think you would talk to... Uh, Balana, but I, but we can do that later. Like we're not leaving town for a while, and Jonathan the Magimuscular is a little gun shy, uh, so he's gonna have to work up the nerve to talk to uh, Balana. Okay, for the research into Thontervrak, I want a history check, and this is basically I'll I'll let you do a history check or an investigation check, since you are either remembering where to find stuff in the Silent Library or actually finding it before you have to leave. He is proficient in both and has the same bonus. 
So we'll say, we'll, so we'll keep rolling with history. Jonathan, the Magimuscular, is going to use his second point of luck today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess we're sticking with the 17. Okay. Uh, with a 17, you do eventually find a an account of notable dragons near Waterdeep. It's a historical book. So it does have a lot of dragons that you're pretty sure even with their long lives are dead now. And you do find some mention of some dragons that are alive. You do not find Thontervrak. However, you do recognize that what you have found in this moment before you have to leave to go meet up with your friends for dinner is very contained to the area around Waterdeep. It is because the city has a vested interest in keeping itself safe. It keeps an eye on localized dragons. And so it is very possible, especially with you having encountered Thontorvrak in Greenest, even though you know that that's not where he's from, you know that he's got a lair somewhere else. It is possible his lair is outside of the purview of Waterdeep, but you do not find anything in specific. Okay. Uh, so Jonathan is going to head out to the Golden Rock Tavern to meet up with the rest of you. And with that, we'll pause there. Next time we get together, you will be at the Golden Rock Tavern in the evening. Gestock will be making tater tots. As always, you can talk about what you want to do next and over any information that you found. But first, let me give you some experience. Travancore for a dream and a wandering. Bernie for leaving tea and then creating a care package. Jonathan for thinking about getting the thing you need to plane shift just in case, because you know your DM is evil. And, <laughs> and Carlton for thinking of the right things to think about, even if it didn't quite work out. And for all of you having a very interesting discussion about the morality of murder in a game that is all about being murder hobos, I'm going to give you a total <laughs> of 9,500 experience to split between the four of you. And the next time we get together, you're back in Waterdeep. Hey! Hey! Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Magic Dance, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.